Hi, and welcome to the Circle of Film podcast. I'm Ryan, and join me as we step into April's scavenger hunt preview in today's episode. What's this? What's this? The simply sensational standing ovation of Royal Dalton Musical! What is this? This is where you wanna be! What is this? I I haven't done one of these in a long time. Um, scavenger hunts, uh, for anyone who doesn't know, it's a letterboxed thing. Uh, they do one every month. Someone runs the scavenger hunt, sets forth a list of tasks, generally one per day of the month. Uh, the tasks can be something like pick a movie that has Adam Sandler in it or pick a movie from this list of, you know, greatest documentaries that weren't made in America, or uh, pick a movie that was released the year you were born, something like that. And you go through and you satisfy all the tasks, and you come up with a list of generally, preferably new movies uh, that you haven't seen, and the goal is to watch all of them uh, over the course of the month. Last time I did anything close to this was over a year ago, uh, I did an episode where I talked about the classic film challenge for 2018, which, uh, regrettably, I didn't finish, uh, which is ridiculous. I watch over a thousand movies a year. The fact that I couldn't watch 30 uh, that I knew ahead of time from February is is insane. Prior to that, the actual scavenger hunt uh, that I finished and did was December's from 2017. Um and I guess the reason I kind of got away from them was, at, at, at the time anyway, uh, I just, it, it ended up being something that I, I didn't have the flexibility to, to cover. You know, I, I was in the process of doing, and still am, month-born actor lists. Uh, and then ultimately decades-born actor lists. There were a lot of new movies coming out, and I often tried to make new movies satisfy as many of the tasks as possible, but it just, you know, it isn't always easy, you know? I, I, it's hard to make even more, more than like three or four of them satisfy these tasks, and that still leaves 26 movies. Um, and, part of, and another part of it is the, the reason I started doing them was I, I wanted to watch everything, and I had felt for a while that I'd seen everything I was interested in seeing. I, I didn't really have a, a direct course uh, as far as watching future films was concerned, and the scavenger hunts really offered a way to answer that question. You know, uh, you know, it, every month there were 28, 30, 31 movies where I could say, oh, I can just watch these. Like That gave me something to look at, forward to and look into and, and guide my sight. But... In the last year and a half or year and three months or so, I've had a lot more uh, directions and, and um, funneling of focus because I have, as I said, you know, month-born, decades-born actors. You know, I'm constant. Every three months, I have a Circle of Film Awards episode to do, and so there's a lot of work going on there. 
uh, I have more recently uh, begun watching, you know, the top films that uh, friends of mine who have shared lists, their top 100, 200, 300 movie lists with me, you know, trying to watch those movies. Um, taking a lot more, a lot harder look at uh, Oscar winning and Oscar nominated films. Um, you know, at the time I had Movie Pass, uh, I don't anymore, so I'm not seeing quite as many movies in theaters as I did, but still, you know, three a week is a lot and it takes a lot of time because. It's not just the two hours of the movie, it's that, plus the bus ride there, plus waiting for the bus, plus the bus ride back, plus waiting for the bus, which is definitely a lot longer when you're coming back. And, you know, when it's every single day almost, that's a lot of time and eats up a lot of things. And it, it just, all these things kind of culminated in, in this result that I kind of stopped doing them. Um, uh, you know, and, and I'm, I'm very, very happy <laughs> that they continued on. They, they continued to persist um, in, in, at le in, you know, attracting new attention, new people coming to the scavenger hunts and so on and so forth. Now, the thing is, when I was, like, really into these and doing them, I think I did, you know, eight or nine, maybe ten of them in a row, I was interested in hosting one and I put my name in this was back in two, like mid 2017 and my month was is April 2019 it was almost two years that I was you know on this waiting list uh, before my number came up and back then I'd had my idea was what I love about Letterboxd is how easy it is to connect films to each other you know, you look at a movie, um, let's say Shazam, and the, uh, you know, Letterboxd tells you all the people that are in it, who directed, who wrote it, produced it, edited it, cinematography, production, composer, costumes, studio, what country, what language it's in, uh, the genres it satisfies, it tells you who liked it, who didn't like it, who was a fan of it, who rated it five stars, four stars, three stars, two stars, one stars, half star, um, the lists that it's in, recent reviews, it, there's so much information that you can find in Letterboxd and all of it, all of it helps connect you to other movies or other people. And my hope, my idea was, okay, uh, you know, first draft of the idea, if there's going to be 30 tasks, I knew I was doing April, so 30 tasks, tasks 1, 3, 5, 7, 9, 11, 13, 15, 17, etc. I'll think of something for them. And then every task after them would be, okay, now find another movie with an actor that's in movie one. And movie and task four would be, okay, now find another movie directed by the director of, you know, movie three and so on and so forth. And that was a lot of fun. I, I thought that would be really interesting. I hadn't seen anyone do that with the scavenger hunts. And I didn't know that I would be able to come up with enough tasks uh, to to go, you know, pick a movie and then do 29 subsequent tasks that you can kind of link back together. So a couple of weeks ago, putting together the April list that I was finally going to publish and share with everyone and get them, let them start um, satisfying the tasks. And I did. I came up with enough tasks where outside of the first movie, you are looking at something, I guess outside of the first and last task, you are connecting your next movie in some way to the movie ahead of it. 
and that is all of this month's tasks. So if you're interested, I will add the list um, in the show notes for this episode. Putting this out on April 1st, you can sign up for this scavenger hunt whenever you want. You know, it's an April scavenger hunt, but honestly, if you want to sign up for it in December, if you want to do it again and again and again and again and just start with new movies and find new paths, go for it. (laughs) I I think that'd be great. Um, You know, I I will continue to add people to the list that that satisfy it and, and sign up for it. And I hope they do. We've gotten a lot of responses. Almost over 150 people have already uh, signed up. And um, I'm really excited by by how popular it's been. Uh, So that's what we do. And so today's episode, as as it normally is with the scavenger hunt previews, I'm just going to kind of walk through this process of how I started with Shazam and got to uh, the last movie on my list. So yeah, let's... uh, Let's jump right into this. I, I'm a little rusty. I, I haven't done one of these scavenger hunt previews in a while, and uh, maybe it shows. I don't know. All right. So, task number one start with a movie of your choosing. I chose Shazam. It's an easy movie. It comes out this weekend. I already have tickets to see it Thursday night. Done. Easy. Next. Go to number two. Go to the release year of movie one, 2019, and find another movie. Also very easy. Uh, I chose another movie that's also coming out this weekend in Pet Cemetery, so I'm probably going to see that Friday. Boom, done. Easy, easy start. Go to a director for movie number two, and find another movie from them. So Pet Cemetery is directed by Dennis Widmeyer and Kevin Kolsch. Uh, they are a directing team. They worked on the, all the same movies together. I've seen Starry Eyes, which is their currently most popular film on Letterboxd. I liked it. Um, their next most popular movie that I haven't seen is Holidays from 2016. I picked Holidays. Um, it's a horror movie. It's an anthology movie. Um, yeah, that's about it. It has, uh, Harley Quinn Smith in it, who is Kevin Smith's daughter, (laughs) and Seth Green as will become important. Uh, So number four, go to a male actor in movie number three and find another movie with that person in it. So I chose Seth Green. I've seen 28 movies with Seth Green in them so far. Um, You know, he's got It, the old It, uh, Can't Buy Me Love, Sex Drive, America's Sweethearts, a lot of Family Guy stuff in here. Um, Mars Needs Moms. I I scrolled down quite a bit and I eventually got to Big Business, which is a 1988 film uh, starring Bette Midler, Lily Tomlin, Fred Ward, and um, (laughs) Bette Midler and Lily Tomlin play two sets of identical twins, and I assume hijinks ensue comedy. So that was my number four. Number five task is go to a writer on movie number four and find another movie that person wrote. So... Two writers on Big Business, Dory Pearson and Mark Reed Rubel. Um, Dory Pearson wrote for Big Business, wrote Big Business as well as Prince of Bel Air, and Mark Reed Rubel wrote Prince of Bel Air as well as Xanadu. And I've heard about Xanadu for a while. I think it's I don't know anything really about it other than it's kind of a musical, kind of strange, and uh, I was into it. It's you know, something I wanted to see. So I chose Xanadu. 
Uh, a beautiful muse inspires an artist and his older friend to convert a dilapidated auditorium into a lavish roller skating club. What more, what more could you want? Number six, task number six, go to a female actor in movie number five and find another movie with that person in it. So uh, in this instance, uh, I chose Olivia Newton-John. Um, so haven't seen a ton of movies from her, only two. Uh, Greece and she's having a baby so uh, I had 26 options to choose from in including Sharknado 5 uh, but I ended up going with 1983's Two of a Kind also co-starring John Travolta uh, which I don't really know anything about uh, but the first sentence of the summary is God throws his hands up at the foolishness of humanity and orders the race destroyed so, um, okay, <laughs> I, I hadn't even read that before just now, and I really, interesting. So I chose two of a kind. Um, task number seven is go to a studio attached to movie number six and find another movie from that studio. So two of a kind was made by 20th Century Fox. I've seen a lot of 20th Century Fox movies. Uh, so, removing all the ones that I've seen, um, sorting by film popularity, there's a bunch of movies in here left, uh, Passion of the Christ, Good Day to Die Hard, Eddie the Eagle, Kingdom of Heaven, The Sandlot, Shallow Hal, uh, The Verdict, uh, and so on. I ended up going with Romancing the Stone. Uh, I like Michael Douglas, uh, after re-watching all the MCU, I'd seen him in Ant both Ant-Man movies. Uh, like Kathleen Turner, just saw Dane DeVito and Dumbo, although I made this list before that. Uh, and this is a movie I've heard about. It's it's a kind of a throwback. It's Robert Zemeckis. I I watched Zemeckis's um, uh, Unhide. Uh, what is it? Marwin. Welcome to Marwin. That he did. Yeah, I watched that. I wasn't a big fan, but. I've heard a lot of good things about Romancing the Stone, and I thought this would be worth checking out and, and finally experiencing. Uh, so the next task is go to the first genre listed for movie number seven and find another movie in that genre. So Romancing the Stone is first an adventure movie as well as action romance comedy. So go to adventure. Tons of adventure movies. Um... <laughs> when I was making that task, I knew that if if anyone gets drama, it, it pretty much opens up, you know, every movie. Comedy is very similar, but drama and com drama and drama first and foremost is is attached to so many movies. So I can watch any adventure movie, um, and there's a ton. Uh, hiding the ones I'd seen, Letterboxd says there are eleven, almost twelve thousand movies to choose from. I went with uh, the most popular uh, James Bond movie that I hadn't seen yet, which is Doctor No. You know, I I've seen a bunch of of James Bond movies. I've been trying to watch all of them over time, and and this was a good as as good an opportunity as any. Um, I don't. I'm definitely more of a Daniel Craig. Bond person, uh, while although Sean Connery is definitely the first Bond I was really introduced to and, and really became attached to, 
So I'm interested in seeing Dr. No. I've had it, the older Bond movies are definitely a mixed bag, but uh, I'm looking forward to Dr. No. It, I think all the James Bond movies do something interesting, and I don't really know what this one is, but I'll find out. So task number nine, go to a country listed for movie number eight and find another movie from slash in that country. Uh, so the country, the way countries work on uh, Letterboxd is a little funky. It's not necessarily who made the movie or where the movie was made, but where it takes place. I, I wasn't sure exactly how that all kind of shook out, but suffice to say, uh, the only country for Dr. No is the United Kingdom. So United Kingdom. And since I got Dr. No, I thought, you know, why not do another one? Why not do a second uh, James Bond movie? And I ended up going with You Only Live Twice. Now, this is another Sean Connery Bond movie from 1967, directed by Lewis Gilbert. Uh, this one, slightly less <laughs> positive reviews than Dr. No, but hey, you know, it's, uh, it's got a, it's, it's James Bond, so same reasonings. Moving on, task number 10. Go to an editor listed for movie number 9 and find another movie edited by that person. When I looked at You Only Live Twice, it did not have an editor on Letterboxd, so I went to IMDb and figured out who the editor was and then added it back in, added it into um, the movie database so it would show up on Letterboxd, and that editor is Thelma Connell. She has edited 19 films. I haven't seen any of them. Uh, they include You Only Live Twice, Alfie, uh, and then a bunch of you know much less regarded and, and movies I've never heard of. Uh, but her second most popular behind You Only Live Twice is a movie called The Hill. This also stars Sean Connery and a bunch of other names I'm not very familiar with, but they include Michael Redgrave, who I do know. Uh, the Hill is actually pretty well regarded. It has a 3.9 average rating. It's directed by Sidney Lumet, and that seems as good a movie as any. I think, you know, this is a movie I'd never even heard of. Uh, it won a BAFTA, so, you know, doesn't it seems, it seems like a good place to go. Task number 11, go to the last genre listed for movie number 10 and find another movie in that genre. So we're back to the genres again. This time... The Hill is a war-slash-drama movie. Drama is the last genre. So, the world is my oyster. <laughs> um, and I, I didn't really have much of a direction. I, I knew I wasn't... I was only going to look at the first page of the most popular dramas I hadn't seen. There's a ton of movies on there. La Dolce Vita, The Boy in the Striped Pajamas, Closer... Uh, the Holy Mountain, Solaris, Heat, Once Upon a Time in America, Paper Towns, The Fall, A Woman Under the Influence, The Big Sleep, Brighter Summer Day. Uh, there's a lot. Rocky II, which I'm sure I've seen, but I don't remember it at all. So I, I don't really know how to, can't rate it. Any of the Rockies, I think, are in here. Pearl Harbor, the Karate Kid remake. Uh, you know, the list goes on and on. I ultimately decided to go for Buffalo 66. This is a movie uh, directed and starring Vincent Gallo as well as Christina Ricci, Angelica Houston, Rosanna Arquette, 
Kevin Corrigan, Mickey Rourke, Kevin Pollack, among others. Uh, the main reason behind this is um, I've mentioned listener Moran before, and uh, I'm, I'm going through his top 300 movies. This is one of them, and I knew I was going to watch it anyway. Uh, so, two birds. Two birds. I don't even know what it's about, but two birds. Uh, so, task number 12. Go to the cinematographer listed for movie number 11 and find another movie shot by that person. So, cinematographer for Buffalo 66 is Lance Accord. And I've seen a bunch of movies shot by Lance Accord. Uh, Marie Antoinette, Lost in Translation, Being John Malkovich, Where the Wild Things Are, Adaptation. Um, didn't leave a lot, honestly. Um, but the most popular film of his that I haven't seen that isn't Buffalo 66 is a movie called The Dangerous Lives of Alter Boys. Uh, this stars Emile Hirsch, Kieran Culkin, Jodie Foster, Vincent D'Onofrio, Jenna Malone, uh, which is crazy. Uh, it's a 2002 movie. I'd never even heard of it. It has a pretty decent cast, uh, all things considered. And I don't know. It seems like a fun discovery kind of movie. And uh, the the <laughs> the summary lists heists, pranks, uh an obscene comic book. It sounds like fun. I think it sounds like fun. So, number 13, go to the reviewer that left the most popular review on movie number 12 and find a movie with one of their most popular reviews. So, uh, at the time, I think it still is. Uh, maybe it's not anymore. I think it's changed since I made this list. Um, so at the time I made this, the most popular review was Bjork, uh, oh man, I'm not going to pronounce this right, Bjork Gumundsdotter, Gumundsdotter, uh, so go to him, uh, I go to him, he's, uh, he's seen over 3,000 films, or she, Ugh, I don't know, they, they have seen over 3,000 films, they live in Iceland, uh, they see, they've seen 164 films this year. My kind of person. Um, and I'm looking at... I go down to their most popular reviews. I hide all the ones I've seen. Um, I'm, doing, I'm going through the motions now. Hide watched movies. And there are... So I'm looking at the top five. There are, there's Welcome to the Dollhouse, Mishima, A Life in Four, Four Chapters, Ghost Stories, Maniac, uh, and Tag. And I ended up going with the most popular one, because I thought that would be the, most, the easiest and most straightforward. Welcome to the Dollhouse. Uh, <laughs> Bjork Gumund's daughter uh, gave this three stars. Uh, and their review has 18 likes. And it's on my watch list as well. Uh, directed by Todd Salons, who directed Happiness, Wiener Dog, Life During Wartime, and others. Stars Heather Matarazzo, and that's kind of it. Uh, but Welcome to the Dollhouse, another movie on my watch list. So, hey, two birds, very straightforward. 
task number uh, 14. Go to the last language in movie number 13 and find another movie featuring that language. So a lot of movies are just going to be English, uh, but last language opens the door for you know a little more complication and, and maybe discovering a few more foreign language films. Of course, Welcome to the Dollhouse is purely an English language movie, so I had 252,000 movies to choose from, hide the ones I've seen, and I still have 245,000 movies to choose from. A lot of the same movies, again, coming up here, and I decided to go with... Uh, a movie and I don't even remember what got me to it and how I looked at it because it's not on the first page sorting by popularity I think it's a movie that um, won an Oscar I want to say uh, so I, I ended up choosing the life and death of Colonel Blimp and uh, let me just double check that no not an Oscar movie. So I don't know why I chose this movie, to be honest. Uh, I'm not sure how many pages deep I went, uh, but I don't know. Life and Death of uh, Colonel Blimp. Oh, wait. No, this is, I think this is another Moran movie, actually. Uh, maybe not. Nope, it is not. So I uh, I don't know. I do not know what made me pick this. Uh, or actually, wait a second. It's not it's not popularity. I sorted by highest rated movies, and this is one of them. Yes, uh, sorting by highest rating, highest average rating on Letterboxd, the four, eight, twelve, thirty seventh highest rated movie that I haven't seen. That is. Features English dialogue is The Life and Death of Colonel Blimp from 1943. We got there. We figured it out. Uh, directed by Michael Powell and Emmerich Pressburger. Starring Roger Livesey, Deborah Kerr, and others. Uh, it's got a 4.2 average rating. That is pretty dang high. Uh, the 98th over top, one, uh, top, mo top rated movie on Letterboxd. So, we figured it out. Uh, task number 15, go to the costume designer for movie number 14 and find another movie with costumes designed by that person. Costume designer for The Life and Death of Colonel Blimp is Joseph Bato, who did costumes for three movies, including Life and Death of Colonel Blimp, The Ringer from 1952, and the most popular film he's done, A Matter of Life and Death, and I chose that one. Uh, also directed by Michael Powell and Mark Press. Emmerich Pressburger, starring David Niven, Kim Hunter, Kathleen Byron, Kathleen Byron, and Richard Attenborough. Uh, this is a movie on my watch list. It is also the 150th highest-rated film on Letterboxd. It has a 4.19 average rating. And, I mean, need I say more? That, that's enough. That's enough for me. Number 16, go to the first actor in movie number 15 and find another movie with that actor in it. Uh, I specifically left this one genderless, although I don't know if everyone read it that way. Either way, uh, my, well, it's David Niven for A Matter of Life and Death. 
And the second most popular, that's the most popular film of his I haven't seen. The second most popular one is Death on the Nile. And that is what I chose. 1978, directed by John Gillerman, Death on the Nile is a Hercule Poirot movie uh, in similar vein to, uh, uh, the, the, oh, what's the name of it? Why can't I think of it? Uh, da, da, da. Oh, they just remade it. Uh, Murder on the Orient Express. Uh, Death on the Nile. Uh, they might even be remaking this uh, as well. Uh, but, you know, it has a 3.5 average rating on Letterboxd. You know, it's another big cast. Peter Ustinov, Mia Farrow, Betty Davis, David Niven, Angela Lansbury, uh, Simon McCorkendale, Louis, Lois Chills. Chillis, George Kennedy, Maggie Smith, Jack Warden, Celia Imry, Sam Wanamaker, Olivia Hussey. Uh, I'm always I'm always in for a great ensemble movie because uh, it's really helpful on my spreadsheet. And I'd seen the original uh, Murder on the Orient Express. I really liked it. I like it a lot more than the the remake. And I guess it's worth seeing if you know they can. Uh, do well with the sequel. I don't know if this is the sequel. Maybe. I don't know. It's another Agatha the Christie movie. Moving on. Moving on. Go to the composer for movie number 16 and find another movie composed by that person. So, the composer for Death on the Nile is Nino Rota. She has composed, she is, or he, sorry, uh, Giovanni Nino Rota was an Italian composer he has composed 89, the, the scores and music for 89 films. Uh, I've only seen a couple of them. Uh, the Godfather, parts one and two, eight and a half, uh, La Strada, and uh, the Aud Audrey Hepburn version of War and Peace. And I decided to simply go for the most popular film of his I haven't seen, most popular in Letterboxd, which is La Dolce Vita. Uh, from 1960, directed by Federico Fellini, uh, fantastic Italian director, Eight and a Half and La Strada are his are films of his that I think are both good. And La Dolce Vita stars Marcello Mastro Mastroianna, most, oh, man, these names, Mastroianni, and Anika Ekberg, among many other unpronounceable names. This is the 138th highest rated film on Letterboxd with a 4.21. Um, yeah. Episodic journey of an Italian journalist scouring Rome in search of love. Fellini. Fellini film. Always good. Always good to watch Fellini. Then, I'll be honest. I got to this point in making the tasks and I was really starting to struggle with what to do next. Um... And so this is what I ended up doing. A couple of these tasks are a little more uh, meandering than I kind of intended them to be, but that's okay. Go to one of your friends with activity for movie number 17. Uh, so in this case, I went with uh, Miss Tay Lay uh, on Letterboxd, who is someone I follow. And then watch a movie from their watch list. So 
she has 342 movies in the, her watch list so far. Uh, when you remove the ones I've seen already, that number goes down to 109. So, you know, manageable. And I decided to go with another movie on Miran's top 300, uh, which is Breaking the Waves. Breaking the Waves. And, yeah. That um, works for me. Uh, she also has La Dolce Vita on her watch list, uh, funnily enough. Because, uh, point being... <clears throat> You know the activity on it. I, I, I didn't want to make it someone who'd rated it just in case no one had. Uh, but activity on it means if someone put it on their watch list, well, you can use them. So we go to Breaking the Waves. This is a 1996 Lars von Trier film starring Emily Watson, Stellan Skarsgård, and Katrin Cartledge, among others. Uh, it has a 4.0 average rating on Letterboxd. Uh, in a small and conservative Scottish village, a woman's paralytic husband convinces her to have extramarital intercourse so she can tell him about it and give him a reason for a living. Yep, sounds like Lars von Trier. Moving on. <laughs> number 19. Go to anyone that gave movie number 18 a five-star rating and watch a movie they saw in March. So, there are 2,138 people that have given Breaking the Waves a five-star rating. And I went with BTT Cinema. Um, I think I went through a couple of the different people looking for someone who had seen movies in March at the time I made this. Uh, but BTT Cinema has seen a bunch of things in March. But at the time that I looked at their list, it was a much, much smaller um, list of movies. And they saw this movie the first day of March this year, and that is Zama from 2017, directed by Lucrecia Martel. This is a movie on my watch list. I've heard a lot about it. Um, in fact, I was already planning to watch it. You know, I was I had access to it already, and you know, a lot of like like a lot of things on this list. Two birds, two birds, always good. Uh, Zama, based on the novel by Antonio de Benedetto, Don Diego de Zama, a Spanish officer of the 17th century, settled in Asuncion, awaits his transfer to Buenos Aires. That's very... doesn't really tell you what it's about. But, nevertheless, uh, I was very interested in seeing Zama, because I've heard quite good things about it. Next up is, go to the first language in movie number 19 and find another movie featuring that language. So, I was really pleased that I had a movie that didn't have English in it. So, the first language in Zama is Spanish, and the number of movies with Spanish in them, considerably smaller than English, there are 23,000 of them when uh, you remove the ones I've seen. And the fifth most popular film. Nope, that's not true. Uh, the uh, the twelfth most popular film uh, with Spanish in it that I haven't seen is El Topo from Alejandro Jodorowsky, 1970 film starring Alejandro Jodorowsky and others. 
I remember watching uh, Jodorowsky's Dune uh, about him trying to make Dune and being unsuccessful, which is a shame because I, I thought he had a really great vision for the film. I haven't really seen um, a Jodorowsky movie uh, besides that, though. Any of them. You know, he's famous for Sante Sangre, The Holy Mountain, The Dance of Reality, Endless Poetry, and Del Topo. And uh, this was the one that jumped out at me. It is a spaghetti western uh, in in um, Mexico, I think. Yes. Uh, and, um, yeah, I, I really wanted to check out Jodorowsky, and, and this will give me my first foray into his films. So I'm looking forward to that one. Next up is... Go to the second most popular list, featuring movie number 20, and find another movie on that list. El Topo. Popular lists. Uh, the most popular list it's in is Challenging Filmmaking. The second most popular list is A Thousand and One Movies You Must See Before You Die. And this is the version of the list that actually has 1,210 movies. <clears throat> and... Uh, it, it includes all the films from any edition, so any of the ones that were removed and, and the ones that were subsequently added. Uh, removing the films I've seen, that leaves 500 movies, uh, so plenty to choose from. And I ended up going with the film Belle de Jour. Uh, and this is a 1967 film. It is on my watch list. It is directed by Louis Bunuel. Louis Bunuel, Louis, 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 uh, who is a director I very much enjoy. Uh, I've seen four of his films, uh, Un Chien Andalou, The Discreet Charm of the Bourgeoisie, The Exterminating Angel, and The Obscure Object of Desire. Uh, all of them I like in, in different degree, to different uh, degrees. Belle de Jour is his most popular film I haven't seen, uh, as well as you know one that most people like. It has a 3.97 average rating on Letterboxd. And I, I just, I love Bunuel's, not, it's not an aesthetic, it's, it's a sensibility. I think he just has a great eye for, for creating something unique and interesting. Uh, Belle de Jour stars Catherine Deneuve, and among others, uh, about a beautiful young housewife who cannot reconcile her masochistic fantasies with her everyday life alongside her dutiful husband. Um, it is <laughs> the the tag line thing in, in on Letterbox says Louis 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 Bunuel's masterpiece of erotica. Sounds good to me. Next number twenty two twenty second task. Go to anyone that liked movie number twenty one but didn't give it a star rating. So you can look. Uh, on Letterboxd and look through everyone who's liked the movie. So I think um, almost 500 people or uh, almost 5,000 members of Letterboxd liked Belle de Jour. I ended up choosing a user named Hollywood uh, after a couple of probably erroneous look clicks uh, looking for someone that would be able to satisfy the second half of this task. I guess I won't be able to find them the old-fashioned way. So Hollywood 
um, is from London. Has seen no film, logged no films this year, no lists, is not following anyone, does not follow, uh, has no followers of their own. But um, uh, anyway, uh, someone who liked the movie didn't give it a rating and find another movie that they liked. Uh, so of the 200 films uh, that, this, that Hollywood has seen, they liked a couple of them. Uh, removing the ones I liked, you're down to about 24 movies, uh, maybe 23 movies. A lot of them star Catherine Deneuve, and I chose, if I can figure out what I chose, uh, The Hunger from 1983. This also stars Catherine Deneuve, David Bowie, Susan Sarandon, uh, among Dan Hedaya, among others, directed by Tony Scott, <clears throat> uh, who is behind the movies Top Gun, True Romance, Enemy of the State, Unstoppable, Man on Fire, Deja Vu, Days of Thunder, Crimson Tide, True Romance, Domino, Spy Game, etc. Uh, the Hunger is the most popular film of his I haven't seen. And this looks like a good one. It's got a 3.4 average rating on Letterboxd from 1983. Willem Dafoe is in it in a bit part. Uh, kind of it ticked off enough boxes that I was pleased. Task number 23, go to a production designer on movie 23, 22 and find another movie with production designed by that person. So production designer on The Hunger is Brian Morris, who did production for the first Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Jacob's Ladder, The Insider, Firewall, Quest for Fire, The Boxer, and a bunch of other things, including The Last Boy Scout, uh, 1995 Sabrina, 1991's The Commitments. I chose his most popular film I haven't seen, which is Angel Heart from 1987, directed by Alan Parker, starring Mickey Rourke, Robert De Niro, Lisa Bonet, Charlotte Rampling, Michael Higgins, uh, among others. This is a movie that was on my watch list. Uh, it's a 3.6 average rating on Letterboxd. Mickey Rourke, uh, that was the one thing that maybe might have put me off choosing this. I, I don't know. He is he is such a an enigma of an actor. I don't. It's, it's interesting. I, I think he's. Uh, I don't know, I don't know that he's very good outside of The Wrestler. But I haven't seen a ton of his movies, so I wanted to kind of give myself a little more evidence to work off of, I guess. Um, so yeah, Angel Heart. Number 24, uh, go to the most recent reviewer of movie 23, which is definitely not going to be the same person it is now as it was then, and find a movie on one of their most recent lists. So at the time when I made the list... Uh, the um, the most recent reviewer did not have any lists. Uh, so I went to the second most recent reviewer named Garfinkel. And they currently have three lists. Uh, films of 2019 watched in theater. Uh, Kinky, Kinky's Horror Times 52 and Showdown, Lost Love, which is the list I chose. It's a list of 10 films 
sorted alphabetically about Lost Love. Three of them I have not seen. Betty Blue, Solaris, and Dead Ringers. I ended up choosing Dead Ringers, a 1988 film by David Cronenberg, starring Jeremy Irons, Genevieve Bujold, Heidi Von Pilesk, Barbara Gordon, Shirley Douglas, Stephen Lack, Nick Nichols, Lynn Cormack, among others. Uh, Cronenberg is not a director I'm always on the same side as. I, I like The Fly. Uh, I like Eastern Promises. I like History of Violence. I didn't really like Maps to the Stars. Existence is okay. Uh, Crash is okay. I did like Cosmopolis. The Dead Zone is fine. I like Spider, etc. Yeah, I don't know. Kind of a mixed bag. He, he, he's, I'm not overwhelmingly a fan of his, but it's, you know, cannot be understated how different his, his direction is. So I was interested in Dead Ringers um, about, a, about Elliot, a successful gynecologist who works at the same practice as his identical twin, Beverly. What can possibly go wrong? So, uh, next, uh, next task is go to the makeup artist for movie number 24 and find another movie they did the makeup on. Makeup artist for Dead Ringers is Eva Kudalu and Shona Jabor. I ended up choosing Shona, J- Shona Jabor, who has done the makeup on eight films, including The Fly, Existence, and Dead Ringers. Uh, the ones that uh, I haven't seen, a uh, bunch of them, but I ended up going with uh, the only one I really recognized, which is Videodrome. James Woods, directed by David Cronenberg again. Um, yeah, it's on my watch list. I think it's, you know, it, between this and The Fly, they're his two most popular films. Uh, this is potentially the one that most people will point to as, you know, his best film. It's got a 3.9 on Letterboxd. Guess I'm uh, guess I'm going to discover how much I really do like David Cronenberg this month. Number twenty six. Go to a fan of movie number twenty five and find another movie they reviewed. Uh, so, a fan is specifically someone who lists Videodrome in their four favorite films uh, section of their profile. So, I have for Videodrome there are currently six hundred and ten fans. That number might be a little different now than it was then um i went with the fan Susie aguirre aguirre uh from long beach california and she has seen 200 she's logged 219 films on her list or on her page uh she reviewed good her reviews a bunch of films, uh, but the most recent review of hers that I haven't seen is Kura Neko. Um, in fact, it's one of the only two reviews she has that I haven't seen. Kura Neko uh, is not a movie I've heard of. I don't know, I didn't know much about it, but it's a 1968 film. Uh, Susie uh, has seen it at least three times and says it gets better every time. So, hey, I, in, in Suzy, I trust, uh, directed by Kaneto Shindo, it is a Japanese film, uh, I've seen The Naked Island from 1960 that he directed, and I liked that, 
I never really got into any more of others, uh, any of his other films, though. Uh, in the Sengoku period, a woman and her daughter are raped and murdered by soldiers during a time of civil war. Afterward, a series of samurai returning from the war through that area are found mysteriously dead when they're with their throats torn out. And things go from there. So, Japanese film, got a 3.9 average rating on Letterboxd. I'm in. <laughs> I don't know. It, it sounds fascinating. Task number 27, go to anyone that gave movie number 26 a two and a half star rating and find another movie they saw this year. So, not a lot of people uh, gave this movie a two and a half star rating. In fact, it currently has 70 two and a half star ratings out of... Uh, I don't know um, how many watches it has. Almost 6,000, 5.7 thousand watches, and only 70 people gave it a two and a half star rating. It's pretty good. Um, so, that said, let me see if it would just be easier to ignore this part. Um, I ended up going with uh, Trela Caro, who gave Kuroneko a 2.5 star rating. Uh, they are Polish. They have logged 353 films, 111 of them this year. Way to go. Uh, someone who really goes for Asian horror. So maybe that tells me a little more about Kuroneko. Uh, I thought, why would I go against um, what they like and kind of impose my own will on this list? But they saw, again, 111 movies this year, most of, a bunch of which after uh, I made the list. I ended up going with a movie called Strange Circus. This is from 2005, directed by Sion Sono. It is on my watch list. Uh, Sion Sono... I've mentioned him before. Uh, he directed Love Exposure, Why Don't You Play in Hell, uh, The Tokyo Tribe, and a bunch of others. Uh, Strange Circus is his ninth most popular film and will be the fourth film of his that I've watched. I've really enjoyed Love Exposure. It's one of my favorites, and I had a lot of fun with Why Don't You Play in Hell as well. So I'm looking forward to Strange Circus and seeing what bizarre... Uh, insanity he has in store uh, brief first sentence of the synopsis the erotic novelist Tycho is writing a morbid story of a family destroyed by incest murder and abuse what's not to like task number 28 go to the most popular list featuring movie number 27 and find another movie on that list so pretty simple one uh, in fact, the most popular list with Strange Circus on it is now Scavenger Hunt 49, April 2019 association by me. We have entered um, a circular argument. However, <laughs> prior to that, uh, I believe the most popular list was every horror film made from 1895 to present. And I think... Um, Maybe not. It might have been the now third most popular one. No, it's this one. 
and so I ended up going with Kwai Don. Kwai Don from 1964, directed by Masaki Kobayashi, who I really enjoy. Uh, he made one of my absolute all-time favorite movies, Harakiri, as well as the Human Condition trilogy, which I still have yet to finish. Uh, a film called Samurai Rebellion, which I'm very much interested in seeing. But Kwai Don is his second most popular film, and I have not seen it. It has a 4.1 average rating on Letterboxd, taking its title from an archaic Japanese word meaning ghost story. This anthology adapts four folk tales. A penniless samurai marries for money with tragic results is merely one of them. Uh, it stars a bunch of people, but perhaps the most important person that it does uh, involve is Tatsuya Nakadai, who is currently statistically the highest rated actor on my spreadsheet. This is the most popular film of his I haven't seen, and it has been a while since I've seen a movie that Tatsuya Nakadai has been in. So, Kwaidan. Which brings us to task number 29. Go to anyone that gave movie number 28 a half-star rating and watch one of their favorite films. So, the point being, find someone who did not like this movie and watch something they did like. A uh, bunch of people uh, watch, uh, in fact, not a not a bunch of bunch of people watched Quaidon rated it. Five people gave Quaidon a half star rating. One of those people is named Clown. Uh, they have seen twelve films this year, eight hundred forty nine logged overall. Their their bio lists them as an Iranian cinephile. Um, favorite films uh, generally meant to mean. Uh, a film that they list on their profile in their favorites section, but you know if they gave it a five-star rating, that's also fine. I went with one of their profile listing favorite films, and that is Salo, or The 120 Days of Saddam. This is a 1975 film directed by Pier Paolo Pasolini. Four corrupted fascist libertines round up nine teenage boys and girls and subject them to 120 days of sadistic, physical, mental, and sexual torture. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, Salo is a film I've heard of. I've seen the poster for it. It is, it is not something that makes you excited to see it, to be honest. Uh, it stars people I don't know. I, Pier Paolo Pasolini is a director that I've only seen one film of his, The Gospel According to Matthew, which I believe is not quite going to be like this. I really did enjoy The Gospel According to Matthew, um, so maybe this this translates? I don't know. Um, but Salo, one of the more controversial films out there, as I've seen, and uh, I don't know, that's going to be an interesting one, which brings us to the final task that I chose, and so I was really kind of struggling, uh, and in hindsight, there are definitely other things I could have done to connect this film to number 29, but I didn't want to do that, so instead, number 30 is go to the last scavenger hunt registered before you and pick a movie from it. Scavenger hunt list, sorry. So, you know, you're the first person to make the list, like me. 
I'm going to the last person that signed up for Scavenger Hunt 48. So I'm going a whole month back. And then the next person will look at my list and the next person at their list and so on and so on. What was the idea? I don't know. Some people, I think, went to mine. Some people went to 48. I don't know. Some people skipped over others. It is what it is. But if you're picking a movie off any other scavenger hunt list, it's whatever. No one's really going to care. <laughs> you know. The idea, as long as you're finding a new movie and you're discovering stuff and, and looking into things that you haven't really seen or, or maybe things you're not necessarily interested in or checking off movies that you've been putting off for a while, that's the goal. And so I went to the last person's scavenger hunt. I think there were only a couple of films on there that I hadn't seen. And I ended up going with a movie called Captain Blood. Captain Blood. This stars Errol Flynn and Olivia de Havilland, directed by Michael Curtis, uh, among others, a bunch of other people in it. Dr. Peter Blood, unjustly convicted of treason and exiled from England, becomes a notorious pirate. This is a, a big film for Mr. Errol Flynn. It is one of the ones that really established him as a star. It was a big budget movie uh, that turned both Flynn and de Havilland into, into you know, huge stars and, and paved the way for them to be very famous. And that's worth seeing. It's got a 3.7 average rating on Letterboxd. And uh, the poster is silly. And Errol Flynn almost looks like a girl in it. Uh, he has like long hair and just the roundness of his face and the blush they added to his cheeks uh, is, is, is very poor. He, he looks very boyish. He has very boyish features in the poster, which I've, always, I've seen it many, many times on Letterboxd. But now I'm finally going to watch it. So those are my 30 movies um real quick i'm going to speed through the names of them shazam pet cemetery holidays big business xanadu two of a kind romancing the stone dr no you only live twice the hill buffalo 66 the dangerous lives of alter boys welcome to the dollhouse the life and death of colonel blimp a matter of life and death death of the nile the la dolce vita breaking the waves zama el topo bel de jour the hunger angel heart dead ringers videodrome Kuroneko, strange circus quidon salo or the 120 days of sodom and captain blood that's it that's it um yeah <laughs> uh like i said we there, there are so 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 many people who have already signed up to do this list it, it is very humbling and, and many of them have said very nice things about the tasks and they, you know they really enjoyed them and, and so on and so forth i just just i'm just glad that people are are, are into it and, and watching more movies and discovering new things uh, in addition Final thing before we sign off for today's episode, uh, I created a list as I was going through, um, and and you know adding everybody's name to the main post. I made a list of every movie on every other scavenger hunt list that I had not seen at the time that I added them to the list of people who were participating. That list of movies has, now has seven hundred and fifteen films on it. Uh, it's a ton. My original idea was I was going to watch all these movies by the end of the year. And while I assume I will definitely see 715 other movies by the end of this year, it's going to be really hard to make them all th these movies uh, when you have to factor in all the new movies coming out and other things that I'll be more in invested in. But 
I am going to keep track of this list and make sure I, I look to it and focus on it. And most of these movies are ones I'll see during the course of you know doing other things. So it'll it'll work itself out in that sense. But I made a list of that, um, and uh, you can find that near the scavenger hunt as well. And as I just posted about it, so. <clears throat> That being said, it's um, pretty much it. That is the scavenger hunt preview. I am looking forward to all these movies. Um, most of them are well regarded. Some of them are not. And I think most lists are going to have those, those dichotomies in it. Uh, one of the things I'm really pleased with this list is I think it gives the people a lot of opportunities and a lot of um, uh, space and, and length on the leash, really to pick movies that they want to see. And that doesn't mean that they're movies they've already heard about, they've already been thinking about. You know, you can find a movie that you've just discovered and like, oh, I want to see that. And it just takes looking at a poster, seeing somebody who's in it, reading a synopsis, and you can find those this way. You know, I, I did that myself. You know, some of these posters were ones that jumped out at me and that's what I picked them. Um, Strange Circus being perhaps the, the foremost example of that. Or, you know, something like El Topo, which Jodorowsky, I saw Jodorowsky's Dune, the documentary, years ago and wanted to watch one of his movies, and it still has not happened, and now it's finally going to happen. So, a lot of reasons for watching a movie, a lot of reasons to put off watching a movie, and hopefully I will find great, great movies in this list. That said, um, if... Again, if you're not really familiar with me doing scavenger hunt reviews and episodes on this podcast, you will not be aware, or maybe you've guessed this, I don't know. But at the end of the month, or at some point when I've watched all 30 movies on this list, I will do a second episode where I review... Um, I might have said review in the opening of this episode. Let's go look. Uh, anyway, uh, I will review the movies I've seen. Uh, not all of them, but... I will, if you follow me on Letterboxd, you can find my written reviews for each movie. But beyond that, I will do an episode where I go through the top 10 of the movies I watched and some superlatives uh, to go along with that. So thank you for listening to today's episode. Uh, I'm really stoked and honored about, you know, how big the response has been to my, my scavenger hunt. If you would like to find more episodes of the podcast, you can head over to the website, circleoffilm.com, or most places where podcasts can be found. If you'd like to support the show, you can uh, become a patron, patreon.com slash circleoffilm for as little as eight cents an episode, or you can uh, just, you know, rate, review, subscribe, like on whatever podcast service you use, and that helps too. If you would like to follow me, like I said, letterboxed at Circle of Film, Twitter at Circle of Film. Feel free to send me an email, circleoffilm.com, with if you join, if you want to, you know, you know, if you join the scavenger hunt, definitely check that out. I'll, again, add the link to that pay list in the show notes, uh, or for any other reason, emails are always open. Thank you for listening to today's episode, and as always, have a week. So long, farewell. I know she'll never leave me, even as she fades from view. So long, farewell, I'll be to say adieu.
nothing's really left or lost without a trace. Nothing's gone forever, only out of place. So long, farewell, au revoir, be the same. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So long.